Thanks for tuning in to the Voyage Church Podcast. Our desire is that today's message will be significant for all of us on the voyage of becoming. Woo! Y'all ready? Hey, it's uh, a few disclaimers before we, before we really get dialed in. Um, one, I make this weird face. It's like it's a little it's a little rough. So if I'm if I'm looking at you and I'm making this face, just know I'm not mad at you. I just I get I get kind of serious sometimes, and it just seems a little intimidating. I was actually in a meeting one time with with John for prepping for the the ride that he's on, and uh, the lady who was leading the the meeting, she looks at me, she's like, "Oh, are you mad or oh, you 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 look very intense." It's just I have like I call it that ice cube face. You know, you ever seen the the, the rapper? Actor Ice Cube, like he just kind of has that pit bull looking face. Sometimes it just happens. Um, and so I'm not mad at you. Other thing, your pastor, our pastor, uh, and Jesse at, at that, at, and that thing, it's wild. 500 miles? Whoo, that's, that's a really long time, but they're doing it for a really awesome reason. Um, and it, it's so one of the roles as a believer, one of the, the privileges that we get to partake in is partnering with generosity, not just in our finances, but in our time, in our energy, in our affection. Like we get to do this from this place because we understand that uh, the, the father is good. Amen. The father is good. Amen. One person believes that. Oh man, God. The father is good. I don't know where you've come from. I don't know your backstory. I know from the, the, some of the stories that, that this, this community is so kind of multi-generational, like super diverse. We have people that's been in ministry for, for, for decades and, and people that never read the Bible. And like, it's just, we, God is doing something very unique in, in our midst in this moment. But I want to remind you, I will declare for as long as I live that God is good. Okay, there we go. Because look, this is so important. This isn't the message. We're going to talk about freedom. But it is so important for you to realize, for us to realize that God is good because that means that he could redeem any situation that, you, that you've, grown, you've grown up in, that you may enter into. If you know that he is good, a, a circumstance, a situation can be bad, but it has to shift because he is good. Praise them. So I, um, third disclaimer, I don't think I ever said the second one, but it's okay. Third disclaimer, I don't really like rats. Um, some people, I actually, I went to school with a guy, and he, I remember he was trying to tell me, like, what rat poop looks like, and, like, he rolled up this this eraser. Uh, it's like, oh, it kind of looks like this, because for some reason, we're in fourth grade, he got a rat. I don't know what his parents were, were thinking, but uh, I, and I grew up country, don't get me wrong. Like, we had a field mice in the house here and there. Like, but a rat, I didn't know that these things were two feet long. Like, these things are huge. I had only saw them on, in movies. And so we had, it was Allie and I, my, my beautiful wife, we, we had, it was just a rough season, like burnout and just, just different things going on. But, like, on top of all that, like, all that's, you know, growing up hard, I feel like it's, it's kind of, con- I was kind of conditioned for that. Like, that was easy. But rats? Nobody could prepare me for how big they were and, like, the, the torment that would happen to me personally in this season. 
And so one, there's there's so many deals. It was just once again, I didn't know about rats. I ended up becoming like a professional rat expert because we were broke. And so I couldn't call the exterminator, but I could call Google. And so we, I could Google all, oh, okay, well, well, why are they coming in? Why are they, why are they plaguing me? Like going to the Bible, Lord, where, where's rats? <laughs> but <laughs> give me a prayer for rats, Lord. Uh, I need a supernatural strategy. But so it was, it was really just horrific this whole season of dealing with these rats and we had some family in one time I remember and like they had brought they were staying with us for a while and they had brought some dog food and like these little bags and they threw it under our sink well man these rats somehow they ate a hole in the wall the floor I, I don't know but I would hear them at night like like just I'm like oh, I'm not going in there look they're, they're they're contained in there like I don't know like if they're eating that they're going there well once again I was I wasn't aware of these rats it's kind of it's kind of crazy too because being in florida like love disney and mickey mouse is a rat but uh (laughs) oh that's actually a good point mickey mouse (laughs) he's big though he's big anyway so this this rat (laughs) sorry walt uh (laughs) but so he's like eating this they're eating this food well the food runs out and these rats are so ratchet that they actually <laughs> they actually eat. We have a container with some other pet food. They eat like the knot, the the handle that you put, like eat it. Like they didn't even go all the way through, but they just ate it. And so it was like a plague. But the final straw for this rat problem that was had to be just supernatural, like should have been pleading the blood, but I it was, it was, this was years back. It, it was way different. Anyway, now anyway, but. <laughs> so these rats, the final straw, we're sleeping, and I hear, and we don't we don't live in an apartment. So apartment, you know, some people if if you have somebody on top of you and like they're stumping, mom, you get that broom and boo, 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 boo. some of y'all you may not know about that life. Look, I didn't either. I went to some family and then people stumping, kids running. You got to hit that broom and pop, pop, pop. Be quiet, pop, pop. Anyway, it was like rats. It was like we were living in an apartment, and these rats were, like, knocking on the wall. And, like, I've been through a lot, and I'm super thankful, but I could not handle that gnawing on that wall, that floor. I don't know what they were doing, trying to to get in and eat my face at night. I just couldn't handle it. So that was, like, the final straw. You ever get to a place in life where you're just like, oh, like, final straw, like, this is it. Like, no more. Well, I was at that place, and so I get the biggest bucket of poison that I could find on Amazon, and, like, something just switched in my brain. I said, no, but we got to handle this. Like, it's been too long. I get this poison. I throw it all across the yard. I'm throwing it everywhere. Sure enough, we handled those rats. Somebody say amen. Amen. Come on. If you need, look, if, if you're dealing with rats, I just declare over you supernatural wisdom to take care of those rats. But look. So we, it, it was horrible. We get through it. And so I thought that I was over it. Okay. I thought that I was over it. The rats left. The rats left. Well, years later, fast forward, we moved to Colorado, um, which is cool, super duper awesome story. We moved to Colorado Springs and we're staying there. And then we have some squirrels in the back. Like I'll do compost and, and put like the produce just because I feel really bad about throwing just in a trash can. I think it should go back to dirt. Anyway, personal conviction. And so the squirrels liked eating the, 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 the produce. 
Okay. Well, I end up become like some kind of squirrel daddy. You know, I, I would I would see, I would go and put the stuff, and I would see him like just looking at me in the trees, and like almost like hear these whispers, like, "Hey, daddy, thank you." Uh, these different things, but something inside of my heart wasn't right because I noticed the more that I stared at these squirrels, the more like I just felt like triggered and realized that it's really just a rat with a big furry tail. I couldn't look at squirrels for longer than 30 seconds just because like I would, my body, I wouldn't even remember like the memories of all the torment and all the, all the eating through the walls and trying to eat me and just all the, I'd rather snake than a rat, but like all this different stuff, like I, I, I didn't remember it kind of mentally, but like my body like still felt it. Every time I would look at a squirrel, it was just, ugh. but God's a healer. Some of y'all are like, what in the world did I get myself into? We were talking about rats this morning. I thought we were coming for the word. Stay, stay with me. So look, y'all somebody look at somebody and say, Mama Squirrel. <laughs> Mama Squirrel was the beginning of my healing. Now, fast forward in the story, like we ended up having to call exterminator because she tried to eat through our roof in our house in Colorado and like have her babies, but we let her have her babies and we called those people on her and then she, she had to go. And so she was a little upset, but mama squirrel before all of that, before she, you know, overstepped her boundaries, she would come up to the door and you could tell she was a mama squirrel because she had like the breasts and like, you could tell she'd been milking uh, some, some babies or getting ready to milk some babies. Um, Welcome to Voyage. <laughs> I'm Patrick. <laughs> anyway, so Mama Squirrel would come up to our glass window, and we would be able to feed the, the kids, especially not me, because I was, I was healing. I was triggered. Thank you. So, look, somebody's with me. Hey, hey, hey. But, like, I would be able to feed these, these blueberries, or the kids would be able to feed these blueberries and, and stuff like that, and it didn't, Mama Squirrel didn't really like tomatoes or just waste our tomatoes like that. But anyway, there was like this healing type deal that happened. I didn't notice how this season of that, that tormented by those rats would affect me in this season. Somebody caught it. It wasn't until I stare. Now we're, we're good with the rats. I still, like I said before, I still rather a snake. But it was this healing. And I'm being lighthearted a little bit because there's something that's so detrimental to our, our, our faith as believers that it actually, if you as an individual, as a person, as, as your, your own person with your own relationship with God, if you don't embrace this, what will happen is it will zap the life from your walk. And you'll eventually come to a place where you wonder why you're responding the way that you do, why you're acting the way that you do, why do you just don't, why, why can't you seem to get past this thing and you forgot about unforgiveness. If you let it linger too long, what happens is your body still remembers it even if your mind can't comprehend or, 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 or really understand it. And so you get bitter. You get sharp. 
you're not as kind. Because unforgiveness has lingered too long. Actually, if, if we go to uh, that scripture, Mark 11, verse 25, we see this and we pick up in a conversation with Jesus and his disciples where um, actually Peter has just had a, a Peter moment, that just aha type of moment. And they're, they're coming back, they're walking back. And before, previously, Jesus had actually cursed a fig tree. And then so they, they, he cursed the fig tree. They left. They come back. Peter noticed that the fig tree that he cursed has actually withered. And so he stops like, Jesus, like you said to this, this tree, like, yeah, curse or whatever. <laughs> and then uh, it, now, it's, now it's withered. And then so we pick up right here. Jesus responds in verse 22. It says, then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. Somebody say anything. Anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Now, let's just pause right there because that's real. I like preaching that. Like, you know, I like preaching, like, you can, be- like, if you can just believe with no doubt and that God is God, like, that's, that's kind of easy to preach. It's really easy to get excited about, but this unforgiveness part, like, that's a little different. That hits a little different because what happens, one of the things is that you have a journey that nobody else knows your perspective. You've experienced some things. You've experienced some shame. You've experienced some hurt. You've experienced some things that to other people, it may be like, why are you worried about that? But to you, it was a big deal. (laughs) To you, it was a big deal. And so (laughs) we're going to have some fun. We're going to have some fun. But that's that look. I was I was preaching to the youth a, a while back, and they said the same thing. That's that look. <laughs> but it's a big deal. And God sees that. He's not a neglectful father. He's a good father. Sometimes, especially the false religion, what happens is we think that it doesn't that God doesn't care. We think that he's distant. We, we, we forget the fact that he sent his son to die for us and, and, and called him up from the grave by his spirit and that the, Jesus actually sent the Holy Spirit to abide inside of us as believers. We, we forget that he, he's, he's closer to us than a brother. And false religion will validate that. Don't worry about that. Just be selfless. Don't, don't, worry, don't worry about that. But if it matters to you, if it impacts you, then God wants to hear about it. God wants to talk to you about it. He already knows the situation. But he loves to hear your voice. He loves the, the intimate connection. 
because he's a good father. And so that's real easy to, to dial in on and, and, and just get excited about. But this next part in verse 25, says, Jesus says, But when you are praying, first, forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against, so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. I've seen this, like I said, it's real easy to get excited. And I actually, I, I personally, I don't like having conversations uh, dealing with, with, with forgiveness uh, if it's not one-on-one because people go through some things. I was, uh, I was, I, I had work and I was trying to go to a family member's house to do something, I don't remember, this was years back, but I was trying to, to, to go do something, and there was this, this girl there, and I had knew her siblings, and she had knew, she had knew of me, but we had never really met, just kind of like heard of each other, and, and she was there as well. And you could tell, like, some moments, uh, which is so important for us as believers and as people that's, that's spirit-led and that, as people that just, just really love Jesus to, to take hold of these moments, but some moments you just feel like, okay, like there's something significant. Like, I need to stop. And me, especially at this time, I was like, okay, like, I need to be at work 30 minutes early for, I was a little, I was a little weird. Like, I would pray around the building. And anyway, I just, I had to, like, kind of do a little extra just to get ready. And I saw my job as, as ministry, really waiting tables. And so I, I would meet some people, pray for some people, see some breakthrough, not see some breakthrough, cry. And, like, just, just this thing, waiting tables, wait, you know, serving chips and salsa. But, Beyond that, so before all that, I'm, I'm at this family member's house, and she's there, and I could tell, like, there's this significant moment, and she kept, tur- she kept on turning the conversation. She kept on wanting to talk about God, so finally, I'm like, okay, I, I called my uh, manager and said, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be late, and then I, I, begin, I, I sit her down and talk with her, and she's, she's asking me this, this question, like, how do I get close to God? And you, you could tell that there's this longing in her, this, this nearness, just, just, just like you. Just like you at your, at your healthiest place in life. There's just, the way that God has engineered us, there's this hunger. There's eternity on our heart, Ecclesiastes says. That's why you can look at any culture in the, in the world in any generation, and there's always this, this something that tries to connect them with God. And so I'm, I'm, I'm talking with her, and like I, I see the hunger. I, I feel it. She, she's starting to tear up. She says, I want to connect to God, but I just feel like I can't. I said, is there unforgiveness? She says, I can't. I can't forgive them. In sixth grade, her dad started raping her. Gifted, beautiful girl. But this person that should love her broke something in her this unforgiveness 
she was holding on to was preventing the, the, this, this progression in her relationship with God. She had all this hunger, but this thing, in a sense, was blocking it. So how do you have a conversation with a person like that that's not one-on-one? Because that, that hurts. She feels that. How do you say God is good in that moment? And so her story, um, I just just believe God is is still working her her through some stuff. Years later, God had actually asked me to go to this this place. And like I I saw a lot of the bondage that she was she was she was in. It, it, it seemed to still be there. But unforgiveness, it has this, 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 this tangle because we were never engineered by God to stay in this place of unforgiveness. We were created to walk in freedom. But, everybody say but. Emphasis on the T, but. Just like Medea, but. Some of you are like, here's Medea. Okay, I'm sorry. I try really hard. If, if you notice, like when I speak, I say years ago because I try not to date myself. Not that I actually care, but it's just a thing. Uh, but where was I going? I'm joking. Uh, Conda. There's this, there's this place in freedom in its attendant purpose that requires faith. Freedom requires faith. Let's go to that verse, 2 Corinthians 3.15. So here we actually, and and we, I forgot to set my timer. We're actually, I'm going to talk about a little bit, but there's this this place where Paul, he, he says, in 2 Corinthians 3.17, he talks about that where the Spirit of the Lord is, where, let me, let, let me, let me just paraphrase a little bit because of the, of, the, of the translation. Where the Holy Spirit is Lord, I don't know if you ever heard this, so watch this. So we come into relationship with Jesus, according to Romans 10, 9 through 10, by believing that Jesus is who he says he is and receiving him as Lord and Savior of our lives. You know, now Colossians says that we were translated, in that moment that we were translated from the kingdom of darkness, bam, into the kingdom of light. I've seen people have some radical encounters where it's just like, oh my gosh, like what's going on? And then I, I've had some people that just, they, they, they just committed their hearts in that moment and they may not have felt any kind of sensation or anything. Both are valid. But so we make Jesus the Lord of our life. We give him control of, of the will. Now, a lot of times, especially, um, which I think it's a whole bunch of variables, but somewhere in that mix, we, we forget that the Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead. Godhead being the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And so one of the things that, that Jesus did when he ascended, he actually sent the Holy Spirit to live inside of us. And Galatians says that it's actually a, a seal. 
that guarantees our, our salvation for eternity, okay? We're going through a lot of Bible. Just if you're taking notes, bam, just, just hit a word down, but we're, we're going somewhere. And so there's this, this seal. And so, but one of the things that happens is we, we, we try to, um, we forget about that relationship because of bad taste in our mouth, because of a faulty teaching or whatever the case may be. But our dependency on the Holy Spirit Dependency on the Holy Spirit, not dependency on your job, not dependency on your status, not dependency on, on, on the way that you grew up or the way that you didn't grow up, not dependency on anything else other than the Holy Spirit. Our dependency on the Holy Spirit actually has, uh, imagine a valve. You know, you turn that valve on, this little turn, and then whoosh, that water flows through. Our relationship, our dependency on the Holy Spirit actually carries this weight, carries this, um, it's, 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 it's the hose at which heaven comes to earth. I don't know if you knew this, but you're powerful. I don't know if you knew this, but when you gave your life to Jesus in, that whole, in the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that rose him from the dead, brought you to life. Repeat that after me. I am powerful. Now say it again like you believe it. I am powerful. Now, if you have the Holy Spirit, if you've given your life to Jesus, if you made this commitment, if not, if not, you're going to have opportunity later. But if you made a, a, a commitment to Jesus, if you've given your life to him, say it again. I am powerful. Now, this is what happens when you get into situations that feel uncomfortable, because remember, freedom requires faith. But oftentimes freedom is uncomfortable. But when we rely on the Holy Spirit. He actually brings freedom into a situation. So watch this. So if we, if we, if we go back in time to the day of Moses, which actually in, in 2 Corinthians, uh, Paul, before uh, three, 2 Corinthians 3.17, he's actually talking about Moses. But the children of Israel, they're a very, it's a very just awesome situation. Read Exodus. But there's this, there's this place where they were bound for 400 years. Okay, they were bound. All they knew was slavery. Like it was, they, 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 they knew the system. They were comfortable with the system. And so you might have seen, anybody seen Prince of Egypt? Come on, that's my people. Yeah, I, I, I like, I would watch Prince of Egypt and then like I got radically encountered by God and then like went to read the Bible. I was like, Man, none of this happened in there. Like, what in the world is going? Like, I was, I was conflicted. Uh, but good movie. Somebody sing the song for me, because I would, I would sing it with all my heart if I, if it was coming to me right now. But we go continue, I guess, since y'all don't know the song. But so, so the children of Israel, they're bound for four hundred years. God calls them out from this place. He, he actually. Um, has this conversation with Moses. Moses brings them out of, out of this place through these, these crazy encounters that, that we actually celebrate still to this day and, and talk about to this day. But there was this, this he, took him, he took them on this journey, and it was longer 
It was actually the, the, the trek that he took him on was longer because there were still some things inside of him that he had to deal with. They were still a little bit too comfortable with bondage. And we see this at the beginning of their journey in this conversation. God, God had just delivered them like, like fire, like just this wild stuff you, that, that movies couldn't, couldn't replicate properly. But God delivered them, and then the next thing kind of when they're out, they've, they've been walking for a while, they're hungry, they're tired, and and that has that you know being hungry and tired. If you're a fast, like it has this thing of like everything just kind of irritates you, um, <laughs> because you're called to depend on God in those moments. Anyway, but so they tell Moses, "You brought us out here to die." The whole time they've been complaining, which that's a whole another thing. We talk about how complaining is actually sin, and all from the uh, the children of Israel. But you brought us out here to die. They said. At least, and this is a, another phrase that they said that just really blows my mind. At least when we were enslaved, we knew where our bread and where our water was coming from. Somebody say bread and water. We knew where that was coming from, but you brought us out here to die. What was happening? What was happening? What was happening inside of their hearts? They were too comfortable with bondage. Sometimes, especially, and I'm not just talking about unforgiveness. I got, I'm, I'm really talking about uh, everything that's sin. But sometimes it gets so comfortable. It gets so ingrained. The roots are so deep that we get this energy from being mad at this person. We build identities from this pain where we felt victim, where we were victims. And we build this, we build this fortress and we say, you know what? Like, I'll take all of this, but don't get, don't talk about this. I'll do the little church thing. I'll, I'll, I'll go Sunday. I'll go to the small groups. I'll go, I'll go Wednesday. I'll, I'll read my Bible, but don't talk about this right here because this hurts. And so what happens is we make God Lord of our schedule, but he never has complete dominion over our hearts. And it seeps. It seeps out in our life. It seeps out in unkindness. It seeps out of, 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 of these, the, 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 the cyclical nature of sin. And we pray, God, why can't I just get rid of this? And then we think we have the breakthrough. And then here it comes again. Bam, bound. Too comfortable with bondage. But freedom, you were called to live in freedom. You were called to live from this place that says, know what? I see that. I even see the root. And I say right now that it has no authority over my mind, that it has no authority over my life, that God has set me free.
and you no longer influence my life. To be completely honest, and I'm going to just go here just because um, it's heavy anyway. Um, you can do all the things. You can, you can read the Bible. You could, you could pray. You could, you know, show up to the prayer meetings. You could do the small groups. You could, you could do these religious things. And many of you, you can attest to this. You've, you've done the things. But what happens is that, that that's good. That, you know, Lord, Lord, your schedule, awesome. But you have to give him full control. He's big enough to deal with your pain. He's not offended by your sin. He's not offended by lack of knowledge. He's a good father. He's a good father that will meet you where you're at. He's a good father that will release freedom to you in your situation. And not only that, but he's so good is that you will actually begin, you will, you will walk into a new freedom. You will walk into a new, call it level of faith with, with, with loving yourself, with loving other people, with even loving those people that hurt you, that, that, that shamed you, that embarrassed you. You will walk into such a place of freedom that now you walk into any situation, any group. You walk into to Starbucks. You walk into pub. You walk into Walmart and you carry this thing. You carry this type of glow. You carry the anointing in such a way that now you're free. He will actually use you to free other people. Come on. Some of you have some grandkids. Some of you have some kids. That because you didn't deal with that thing that was in your heart years ago, they actually inherited a battle that they were never meant to fight. But somebody say breakthrough. Listen, God's a good father. He fills the gaps for the fatherless. He is a good father. And look, in a moment like this where, where, where unforgiveness is, is, is where we're talking about unforgiveness, we're talking about freedom, there's this thing in, inside of you, that this, uh, this responsibility that just requires your belief for breakthrough. Okay, some, okay, watch this. Since some of y'all are still on the fence, there are some things that you've been fighting that, that what, like I just said, it wasn't your fight, but it was, it was passed on generational. And the Bible talks about it real clear. Generate, there's generational blessing and there's generational cursing. Some things that you inherited that it was, it was from, from grandpa, great-grandpa. But somebody say today is the day. So some of you, you're feeling this, you're sensing this, it's resonating with you. You know the scripture, you know the things, but you're like, what do I do? Where do I go from here? I know I've been dealing with it. I know it hurts. I know the pain associated with, with, with this, this unforgiveness. And this is what I would say to you, that God's a good father and you could bring him that pain. Talk with him like you would talk like you would talk with another person. God, I'm feeling these emotions towards this person. I see in your scripture where you actually call me to forgive, but it's hard because they did this, this, and this. 
just because you forgive them doesn't mean you have to trust them anymore. It doesn't require, forgiveness is for you, not for them. It's to set you free. This is why Jesus on the cross, he says, forgive them. On the cross where he was experiencing pain, on the cross where they embarrassed him and stripped him naked. On the cross where where his face is so swollen from the poison seeping through his head. On the cross where they where, where they beat him, where his back is, is burning on fire, ripped to shreds. Forgive them. For they know not what they're doing. Freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Pastor John, he was just telling me with some of the some of the, the people that that the canopy of of, of uh, that they're helping just through this rod and, and raising funds for in the prayer requests. They were praying for their abusers. Freedom. When you get to a place, when we get to a place where we can actually pray for the people with genuine love, God bless them. Lord, I know what they did to me, but I knew that they had some things going on in their life that they couldn't break free from. And Lord, I just ask that you would encounter them right now, Father. I ask that you would bless them right now, that everywhere their hands touch, that it will be blessed, Father. I ask that you would bless them with your presence right now, in this moment, that they would have a whole 180 of of just lifestyle change and that you would completely change their life, Lord. I ask that you would bless them right now. When we begin to pray for those accusers, those abusers that, that, that hurt us so bad, That's a level of spiritual maturity and a level of freedom. So if you can, if you could stand with me, and I'll land this plane. Some of you need to make some decisions. And that's where it really all begins is with a decision. You don't have to feel it. You don't have to. There, has, there doesn't need to be any feelings involved. It's just this decision to say, you know what? God, you said it, so I want to do it. I partner my faith with you right now to forgive. Those who hurt me, those who hurt my grandparents, those who hurt my parents, I got to just forgive them. And some of you, there's a decision where you, you need to forgive yourself. The price has been paid. The price has been paid. It's why we plead the blood of Jesus over our circumstance. 
It's why we gather on Sunday mornings in such a way that we believe that it'll impact Monday through Saturday. It's why we worship the way that we do here in this house is because Jesus makes the difference. There's a level of freedom that says, know what? The systems of this world do not have to have me bound any longer. And so there's some decisions of some of you that you've never made a decision to follow Christ. And some of you, you've made that decision and you never followed them. You just checked it off the list. Well, today's the day of freedom. Today's the day where insecurity will no longer have you bound. Today's the day where your logic will no longer have you bound. Today's the day where addiction will no longer have you bound. Today is the day where idolization will no longer have you bound. Today is the day of freedom. If you believe that, yell freedom. If you believe that, yell freedom. Now, if you have some family that's bound, yell freedom. If you have a situation where you need some freedom, yell freedom. So we're going to open up the altar. And this is what I'm believing for. That as you step, as you come, that this will be the moment you walk into that freedom. This will be that actionable step that partners our faith in the moment. Father, as we continue in worship, as we continue in this moment, Lord, we declare with our lives that you are Lord. We declare in our lives that you are bigger than our pain, that you are bigger than our circumstance. Father, I pray for the families right now, Lord, that the enemy has been wreaking havoc on, trying to kill, steal, and destroy their lives. Father, I pray over them in this moment, Lord, and I ask that you would release peace to them, a peace that surpasses all understanding, Father, that they will begin to see things, God, in new ways, Lord, that they will begin to hear your whispers in the middle of the night in their day. Father, I declare that where unforgiveness has bound people and trapped people in the natural, Lord, that your forgiveness, your freedom is giving them new eyes, giving them new ears, giving them a new heart for response. Father, I thank you for the revelation of dominion, Lord, that you're giving people revelation, Lord, that they've actually called to to have dominion over the places that you've called them to steward, Lord, that it no longer affects their emotions, Lord, but they can dictate the situation because of your word, because of your spirit. 
Lord, I thank you for the dads that's coming back into, into their situation, Lord, that's showing their kids love, that's showing their kids kindness, that's showing their kids the grace and the mercy of God, Father. And I thank you for healed and whole children in this moment. I thank you for the parents, Lord, that feel too tired, Lord, that freedom and breakthrough is entering into their lives. Father, I thank you for the new levels of freedom, Lord, that's happening in this moment. Lord, we thank you for your word that where your spirit is, there is freedom. So Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you that you're in the room. We acknowledge that your affection is towards us and we turn our affection towards you. Lord, may this not be another Sunday morning filled with good music, filled with, with the goosebumps, Lord, but may this be revolutionary for the legacies that you've called us to live. May the people that thought they were just coming to church this morning be set free from that thought, Lord. May people that have come in here, Lord, that because somebody invited them, may they experience your goodness. May they experience your tangible love, Father. May they experience your hope, Lord. Even in this moment, Lord, I release hope to situations that had no hope, Father. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for being a good father who cares. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to check us out on thevoyage.church to stay updated on everything God is doing in our city.